Forced Migration Review, Issue 54, February 2017. When Money Speaks, Behind Asylum Seekers' Consumption Patterns by Jonathan Goh, Sophie Kirshner, Tina Ismail, and Jonathan Van Arneman. The goods and services purchased by asylum seekers who are given an unconditional cash transfer demonstrate how their consumer behavior extends beyond the fulfillment of immediate needs to addressing broader desires for community and belonging. Call out. I didn't come from poverty. I wasn't hungry. I'm only fleeing because of war. We aren't all here just to eat. We want to do more with our lives. Hisham from Syria, 25 years old. And call out. Germany has witnessed a dramatic increase in numbers of asylum applications. Aid organizations' resources are stretched thin and they are unable to provide individualized, more targeted assistance. So we developed a project using unconditional cash transfers to see if better understanding of refugee spending patterns could help aid organizations create more effective aid programs. Partnering with two language schools in Munich, we distributed 60 euros each to 30 participants of diverse demographic backgrounds to spend without constraint over a period of 10 days. On average, participants spent about 40% of the cash transfer on clothing and shoes, the largest spending category. The second largest category was food, with average spending of 22%. The third largest was gifts, at close to 9%. To better understand the nuances in our data, we divided our sample according to three monthly income levels, those receiving social welfare of less than 275 euros, those receiving between 275 euros and 400 euros, and those receiving more than 400 euros. The level of social welfare received is determined by a recipient's country of origin, the size of their immediate family within the country, and their employment status. For asylum seekers, receiving less than 400 euros a month, the largest spending category was clothes and shoes. For those receiving more than 400 euros, however, none of the transfer was spent on clothes or shoes. Spending on food was relatively even across all income levels, and there was spending on gifts across all income levels. Out of the 30 participants, all had lived in camps upon their arrival in Germany, but seven now lived in houses. 14 in temporary government flats, and 9 still in camps. Furthermore, even though cooked food is provided in most of the camps, there was no significant relation between spending on food between groups. Why clothing, food, and gifts? Clothing. Participants said that while clothing was not an immediate need, the process of selecting and buying clothes is an important medium for self-expression and empowerment. Many participants received one-off donations of clothing on their arrival in Germany. For some, these donations were essential because they had been able to carry very little with them on their journeys. However, as the length of time spent in Germany increased, there was a greater need for different clothing options. Limited financial resources for necessities like clothing place a direct limitation on the ability of participants to navigate different settings such as job interviews or changes in the weather. Having to wear the same second-hand clothing every day, participants felt stigmatized and unable to divorce themselves from the label of refugee, thus considered in need of charity. Most participants felt that they had little control over their lives in Germany. They could not control where they lived, worked, what they ate, what they wore, or what they studied. 
In this context, the act of choosing their own clothes and being able to express some individuality takes on an almost exaggerated importance. Quote, I received secondhand clothing and it was a strange feeling. So the first thing I did was to go to name store and buy some clothes that I could choose and I can dress in and I can feel comfortable in and be happy with. End quote. The decision of where to shop and what clothing items to buy allowed this participant to share the same fashion choices as people in local social groups, thus providing an opportunity for social mobility and an increased sense of belonging. Participants expressed how, through purchasing their own clothes, they were given the choice of how they wanted others in the community to perceive them and their status. The stores where purchases are made can have an impact on this perception. For example, some participants spent their unconditional cash transfers at a higher-end clothing store. Quote, in my opinion, you always have to be your best self. End quote. Food. Choosing what to eat and who to eat with Food. Choosing what to eat and who to eat with represent one of the most accessible avenues for fostering community and attaining independence for participants. Yet, asylum seekers living in camps have little control over the practices and processes of the food they receive. A key feature of living in a camp is the catered food. Most camp residents are not allowed to cook for themselves, and participants express distaste for the catered food because it is neither culturally appropriate nor appetizing. Quote, we didn't have money, so we were just eating from the camps, and normally they cook for everyone, not individually. I don't like lots of the food provided by the camp, so sometimes we didn't eat. We had doubts about the meat. What is it? Did they cook it in our way, like how we cook? If we had money at that time, we could cook for ourselves. End quote. Issues like the uncertainty about halal meat foster tensions between the catering staff and camp residents. The catered food in the cafeteria-style environment of the camp at fixed times of the day means that those who eat there relinquish control over who they eat with and how they regulate their eating schedule. When the participants elaborate on the meanings associated with food, a clear link between eating practices and mental health begins to emerge. In response, rather than eating food provided at the camp, many of our participants chose to use some of the cash to buy their own food. Given the centrality of food and cultural identity formation, going to the grocery store is a pathway for asylum seekers to integrate and to feel independent. Cooking and the independence that comes with it is possible primarily for those living in flats and houses. The absence of this option is one of the many reasons why people would like to move out of the camp. The ability to choose food demonstrates resilience and freedom from a form of dependency on the state. Eating is also a social act, a medium used by many participants to form community ties. Participants in our sample used a significant amount of the money spent on food to cook with other people. Even those living in camps with catered food often bought supplies to contribute to communal cooking. Quote, I bought these groceries because then I can cook and eat with my friends. We all share. You buy, then I cook, and you cook, and then we all eat together. For Ramadan, we cook together. End quote. Communal food preparation and eating, but also cooking culturally appropriate food, are a source of comfort for a number of participants. Several participants had already identified specialty shops in the city where they could purchase ingredients that are not available in German grocery stores. 
Frequenting specialty shops promotes a greater sense of belonging in the city, while cooking familiar foods together cultivates a sense of mental and physical well-being. Gifts. For the giver, the act of giving represents an expression of cultural and personal values while strengthening the connectivity the individual has with others. Some participants spent a portion of the unconditional cash transfer on gifts regardless of their income level. For example, Harun explained that in Pakistan he would give his niece a present for her birthday, but this year it was nearly impossible to do so. As an asylum seeker receiving social welfare, he is prohibited by law from sending this money or other items back to his family in Pakistan. To get around these restrictions, Harun used the cash transfer to buy a pair of shoes, which he then gave to his roommate, who then phoned his brother in Pakistan and asked him to send a doll to Harun's niece on his behalf. Gifts, whether they be a box of dates for Ramadan or a coffee maker for a girlfriend, are an avenue through which they can foster supportive communities. Recommendations All the participants use the unconditional cash transfer to enhance individual control over their immediate surroundings, and this finding can inform recommendations for supporting successful integration. Develop avenues for independent clothing purchases. For all asylum seekers with a monthly income of less than 400 euros, donated clothes could be arranged in a store-like setting and sold at discounted prices. Asylum seekers would then be able to make their own choices. The store could also be managed by asylum seekers. Vouchers to already existing clothing stores could also be an alternative. Pair asylum seekers with local families. We met a number of asylum seekers in Munich who have connected with local German families. Through these relationships, asylum seekers find stability and guidance by spending time with the families in a location that is not the camp, and also improve their German language skills. The local families, in turn, are able to serve as mentors, learn about a new culture, and engage in dialogue. More relationships like these could be created through a formalized host-family program. Adapting to the reality of long-term residents in camps. Many of the camps where asylum seekers live were originally designed as short-term reception centers. However, the reality is that the camp becomes a longer-term home, and as such, its physical infrastructure as well as arrangements such as catering should be adapted to this reality if asylum seekers are to maintain their physical and mental health. Service providers should, for example, recognize the dual roles of cooking, buying, and eating food both as a way for maintaining previous cultural practices and simultaneously as a basic way for learning to navigate and belonging in a new place. Jonathan Goh Jonathan P. G. O. H. at gmail dot com Sophie Kirshner sophie.kurschner at gmail.com Tina Esmail tina.esmail at maastrichht dot nl Jonathan Van Arneman jonathan.e.vanarneman at gmail.com. The authors are university students at McAllister College, St. Paul, Minnesota. www.mcallister.edu. FMR is an open access publication.
You are free to download, copy, distribute, or link to this article, as long as it is for non-commercial purposes, and the author and FMR are attributed. All articles published in FMR are licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License.